Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is The Danger of Success. The Danger of Success, Joshua 7, 1-5. And as I was preparing this, I was thinking, why is it so hard to stay on top? Whether it's business, uh, a company, uh, whatever it is. Sports, you think of sports teams. And you, you have a team and they win the championship. And you think, wow, this team's amazing. They're going to win five in a row. This is going to be three-peat or, or they're going to be five in a row. It's going to be a dynasty. But inevitably, often, it's one and done. And you're shocked, right? You say, how could they have not kept winning? Or a golfer looks like a lock to crush the majors record, but his life, his personal life and his game unravel. And he doesn't do it. And you, you see the same thing in so many areas of life that, that they, they can't, that we just don't stay on top. And the same thing happens spiritually. The same thing is true in a Christian life, too. And this story here in Joshua serves as a reminder, a warning to us now to, to be on our toes spiritually. Remember what happened in Joshua so far. The Israelites, they get ready to cross the Jordan and the Jordan River opens up. It's a miracle. They march on in. They get before Jericho and Jericho, the walls come falling down. Everything's going their way. It's going great. They're ready to take the promised land. It's going to be awesome. And then something happens. But something happens, which we'll see. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you for your mercy and grace that's gotten us here. And we thank you for your love that we were just singing about. We thank you for your love and, and just focus on that, Father. Father, we pray that your spirit would speak to our hearts now as we look at your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Joshua 7. We're finally back to Joshua. Chapter 7, verse 1. But the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them, so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, to the east of Bethel, and told them, Go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the people will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not worry all the people, for only a few men are there. So about three thousand men went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about thirty-six of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Wow. What a difference, right? Amazing difference. The bottom falls out. The unstoppable team gets upset, right? (laughs) It it all comes, the the wheels come off here. And we'll look at verse 7. He starts out with a very ominous word. If we just saw the Jordan River open, we just see Jericho fall. But verse 7, chapter 7, verse 1, but, but. And that's the scary word here. But the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them, so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Achan, his name means trouble. Trouble. 
he must have been a bad baby, a bad toddler. Be careful what you name your kids, uh, because boy, did he cause trouble. He caused trouble for himself, for his family, as we're going to see, for the entire nation. Achan was a cancer to the nation of Israel. And boy, did he cause trouble. We're going to study that for the next few weeks, what the, the effects are. But he was warned. All the Israelites were warned. Back in Joshua 6, 18, remember this? Back in verse 18, it says, But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. He was warned. He was warned. But Achan didn't listen. The rest of them did, but he didn't listen, which caused a lot of trouble. Anytime we ignore God's word and his warning to us, anytime we ignore God's word and his warning, we face serious consequences. We bring pain on ourselves and all those around us. It's not hard to connect the dots to something in our life. We can all, I'm sure, easily remember something. We ignored God's word. We ignored what he said. And we brought a lot of pain on ourselves and other people because of that. It's not not hard to connect the dots, is it? Now, why did God say don't take anything? Because later on in Joshua, we're going to see they were able to keep the plunder and split it up and keep it and all that. But this time, he said, don't touch the plunder. It's all going into the temple treasury. It's all going to be used future worship and all that. So uh, why, why was that? Because it was devoted to God. It was a reminder to the Israelites as they come into the promised land before they take many, many more cities and much more territory that's all under judgment. We've talked about this many times. It's a reminder that God is the one who gives the victory. So everything in Jericho, just like we tithe, when we, we make the dollar, we tithe the first 10%, we give that to God. The same thing, spiritually here we see, the same thing that they had to give the first city they took. Everything in it, Jericho, this big city, they had to give it all to God. They couldn't touch it. And that was because the glory belongs to God alone. It's all God doing it, and he gets the glory, and he gets the credit. So that's why. But Achan didn't listen. He took something... And he thought he got away with it. But as we know and as we're going to see, nothing is hidden from God's sight. And there are always consequences for disobedience. Always consequences. Unless we repent and turn to God for his mercy and grace, then a lot of the consequences end up on the cross, right? But if we don't, there's, there's consequences. And let's look at the consequences. Verse 2. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, to the east of Bethel, and said, Go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the people will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not weary all the people, for only a few men are there. So he sends them on to, to spy out. They just took Jericho. They were going to take the next city. Sends them out to spy out the next place that they're going to conquer, part of the conquest. They send them there, but they were unaware that they had lost God's blessing. They were unaware that God's spirit was no longer going before them. And it's the same for us. Just like when we grieve the Holy Spirit through what we talked about, the disobedience a few moments ago. When we're disobedient, when we ignore God's word and his warning, when we do that, we grieve the Holy Spirit. We quench the Holy Spirit. That's what we do. And we, we experience the same thing there. And now we see that they no longer are going in the Spirit, but now they're operating in the flesh. They have pride. 
They have self-sufficiency. They have carnal, worldly thinking now. They're thinking like the world. They're thinking carnal. They're, what are they doing? They're numbers crunchers here, right? They have a corporate mentality. They're numbers crunchers. They have a corporate mentality that they've brought into to the, the, the body of, of God's, God's family. Just like we oftentimes bring it into the body of Christ. This corporate mentality. Because the body of Christ is not a corporation. It's the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ. And, and that's, these guys had, had turned to worldly thinking. And, and the, re, the reason is, is because Achan's sin had started to leaven, just like the, 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 the leaven the loaf. Achan's sin, the yeast leavens the loaf. The Achan's sin had begun to leaven the, into the community of Israel. It's at work. And that's what happens if in a church, if we allow sin or openly allow sin or even hidden sin, if it's hidden or allowed, God begins to withdraw his grace. We quench the spirit even in the body of Christ. And God withdraws his grace here and he leaves them to their fleshly plans, plans of flesh, which usually ends up, always ends up with failure. You ever have that? You make plans in the flesh, you do it without asking God, without praying, just driving ahead, buy this, do this, take this job, send your kids here, send your kids there, whatever it is, we, you know, Buy this house, buy this car. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Go into this business. Whatever it is. We do it in the flesh. And what always happens? We crash. It's failure. It's failure. And, and whether it's whatever area of our life, business or our life goals, same thing a lot of graduates we've been talking about. We take our life goals and we do it in the flesh. I'm going to be this. This is what I'm going to do. And God says, oh, really? And, and we end up hitting a wall. And look at the results. And I think we can all relate to this, right? Many, many times over. Look at the results. Pride and disobedience. Pride and disobedience. Pride. We don't need God. We don't even need the whole army. We could do this. We got this. We got this. And they didn't ask God. They didn't pray. They didn't go before God and, and, and pray about it. They just said, we got this. We're going to do it. And not only was it pride, but it was disobedience. They didn't follow God's previous instructions. What happened when they were going to take Israel? What happened? The whole nation came before Jericho. The entire army was there. Every last guy. Didn't matter how tired they were. Remember all the marching around the city? Seven days. Remember that? They had to do it God's way. And, it, and the thing is this. They stopped following God's pattern for victory. There's a saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? And it's the same thing spiritually. Don't change God's instruction. Don't give, change God-given patterns unless he gives a clear new one. So many times we do that. Wait until he gives us clear direction. So God gets their attention. When we get off track, what does God do? He gets our attention. He sends discipline into our lives to, to wake us up and to bring us back to him. Joshua 7, verses 4 and 5. And I know this is a hard. This is hard because this is we've been going from victory after victory after victory. Wasn't it great, Joshua? The book of Joshua has been great, hasn't it? They're in the promised land. Everything's going great, and wham, they hit the wall. And the same thing happens with us spiritually, and we got to face this. Same thing can happen to us spiritually. We can hit that wall if we aren't learning from these lessons here. Uh, but Joshua seven verse four. 
So about 3,000 men went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. God sends his discipline to the, to the Israelites, but he also sends it into our life. He sends his discipline to humble us, to cleanse us, to teach us dependence that, hey, we need God. Even when it looks easy, whether it looks hard, big Jericho, whether it looks easy, little AI, whatever we're facing, we need God's grace. We need his grace for everything. Whether it's whether we got a, a toothache and got to the dentist or we're going to have a, our appendix out. You know, if something big, something little. It's still that same complete dependence. We need God. And it's also important to understand this too. If we want God's continued blessing, we need to continue to obey him. We're in this time of blessing, but if we want to keep on enjoying that time of blessing, there has to be continued obedience. Continued obedience. It's like winning a scholarship. You win a scholarship through sports or through athletics, uh, uh, academics. You win a, 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 a scholarship. You go to college and you have this scholarship. Your school's being paid for. But what do you have to do to keep that scholarship? Study. You've got to maintain a certain grade point. And if your grade point goes below that, you lose the scholarship. But if you keep it, and it's the same thing spiritually. God has given us these blessings, but we have to maintain our dependence on him. If we, want to, if we want to keep on moving forward spiritually. And, and there's a real lesson here from this whole passage. When God, another really important lesson, when God moves in a powerful way. We just saw the Jordan open. We saw the walls of Jericho fall down. When God moves in a powerful way, be careful. We are in danger. We're in danger from pride. We're in danger from, a lot, from being attacked. That's a dangerous time when we start to experience victory in our life. After a victory, after a spiritual victory, we have to be on special guard. On special guard. We must depend on God's grace even more. What do we often do? We let down our guard. We relax, right? That's just human, sinful human nature. We relax. We let down our guard. Wham, we're in the same place we used to be. And, and we have to keep on special guard after a victory. We come back from a retreat. Or a mission trip. How do you feel when you come back from that retreat mission trip? Mountaintop, right? You're flying high. Everything's great. It's awesome, awesome, awesome. But what often happens is a spiritual crash. We've all experienced that, haven't we? That spiritual crash. Because the same thing that got us to the top of that mountaintop, that retreat, that time with God, has to be maintained. After a victory over temptation... We win a victory over temptation. We're like, wow, I really beat this thing finally, right? It's all over. I really stood up to it this time. It's all over, right? No, we have to be even more watchful after a victory, even more careful. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13, great verse. If you haven't memorized this one, it's a good one. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you, are, what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. But notice when. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful you don't fall. It's when we think, wow, I got this. I got this. I got this AI thing. I got it. It's that's when we're vulnerable. That's when we have to pray more. That's when we have to really be dependent, very careful. Same thing with ministry. You ever experience that you're doing some ministry, whether it's witnessing or 
VBS or youth group or whatever, and, 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 and you see some real fruit and some real great things happening, and God is moving in a, an exciting way, that's the time to stay humble and diligent because the attacks are coming. I remember going on the Philippines trip. Bob and I went to the Philippines, and we had an awesome time. Those of you remember all the pictures and the stories, and awesome, awesome time seeing God work, and our church connected with that ministry in the Philippines. But I'll never forget, Bob and I are coming back, and we landed in Detroit airport. I'll never forget it. We're enjoying it. We're in the afterglow. We're just having a great time, and this was a great trip, and I got the call. Kim called me with a, a crisis going on back here. I'll never forget it. It went from here to here. <laughs> you know, what is going It was a, a real spiritual attack. And I remember we were, we, Bob and I still talk about that, 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 that Detroit attack. And, and that's, that's what you have to be ready. Be ready. Be ready for coming back from something like that and, and getting attacked, a crisis. Be ready for Satan attacking and tempting. Be ready for just, we, just you have to, we have to be ready. Very, very important. How about us? We must stay on our guard or our Jerichos will be followed by an AI. Our Jerichos will be followed by an AI if we don't stay on our spiritual guard. Very, very important. The book of Joshua is our battle. Is our battle. It's a picture of us. As we've talked about many times, Joshua, Jesus, same thing. Jesus took him through the Jordan. Uh, Joshua took him through the Jordan. Jesus takes us through the river of judgment. It's all a picture of what Jesus has done for us and our spiritual battles and the battles we have to fight. They're taking a land. We aren't taking a land. We are taking spiritual territory. That's what we're, It's all a physical picture of the spiritual battles that we face continually. And it's a, it's a picture of our battle and that we can have victory, just as they had victory and defeats, just as they had victory, over, we can have victory over sin, over Satan, over the world. It's guaranteed victory, just like they were guaranteed the victory, remember? As long as we depend on God's strength and we're obedient to his word. As long as we are dependent and obedient. Dependence and obedience, very, very important. Is there a hidden sin in our life? Is there something in our life? Now we're going to talk about this more as we go into the story. It's, it, next few weeks are rough. Just put on your seatbelts. Uh, it's, a, it's a hard story, what happens to Achan and, and to Israel. But, but is there something in our life that we really need to pray about that's causing trouble in our life, that's causing trouble in our family, that's affecting our marriage, that's affecting our churches? There's something in our life. Don't wait to be disciplined. Don't wait to be disciplined. Respond to God's conviction. God will discipline. Trust, <laughs> I'm the first one who can tell you that. God will discipline that hidden sin, that, that sin we won't let go of. He will discipline it, and, and it gets, the discipline gets harder and harder. Just as you discipline your children, and each discipline gets harder and harder, God will discipline, and it gets more intense and more intense. We don't have to wait for God to give us that big spanking, right? We can respond to the conviction and, and repent, renounce, resist, renew. Remember, we talk about the four R's. Repent, renounce, resist, renew. Find a, a trusted Christian friend that you can talk to and, and work through and, and get free from this. Don't, don't hang on to that. Also, has God blessed us as we get ready to close in prayer? Has God blessed you? Maybe you have experienced victory over temptation. Maybe you're seeing something great happening at work. Maybe you're, he's blessing you financially. Maybe it's ministry he's blessing. Maybe it's school you're being blessed or your sports you're being blessed or your family. Is he blessing you? 
If he is, then red light's flashing. Not that you shouldn't enjoy it. Enjoy the blessing. But be, we have to be on our guard to stay thankful in the blessing. To stay dependent. To stay obedient. To stay on our guard spiritually during these times of blessing. Matthew 26, 41, when Jesus said, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Watch and pray. So that I used to do it with the kids all the time. I'd say, watch and pray so that you won't fall into temptation. And just to remember it, it's really, that's, that's vital. We must live by faith. We talk about this all the time. And we must be saved by faith. It's living by faith, but the first step is being saved by faith. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? I pretty much end every service like this. John 3.16. I'm in a rut, and it's a good rut. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Give your life to him. That's the first step to living by faith. Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, how is God speaking to us? On this Father's Day, is God our Father? Have you ever put your faith in his son Jesus and allowed God to become your father? You can do that right now. This will be a Father's Day. You never forget that when God became your father. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Have you ever acted on God's love, the love that sent his only son to die on a cross in our place for our sin, so that we could be forgiven if we will put our faith in Jesus? We'll give our life to him, say, God, I, I don't want to sin anymore. I repent of it. Please Forgive me. I'm putting my faith in your son Jesus. I give him my life. If you've prayed that prayer of faith, God has become your father. And you can go to him any time for anything. You can now experience his full love for you in every area of your life. I'm going to encourage you, if you have given your life to Christ, that you let somebody know. Maybe you have a friend or family member here. Tell me on the way out, fill out the card, text, email me. Let somebody know so that we could be excited for you and, and encourage you in your new life in Christ.
for those of us who already put our faith in Christ, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us through this hard passage, this hard chapter? Is there something in our life that has been hidden, that secret sin that needs to be confessed and, and, and the power broken? Maybe our prayer today is, God, I'm going to, I'm going to face this. I'm going to find someone I can trust. Whether it's me or Kim or someone else in our church or a Christian council, I'm going to find someone I can trust. And I'm going to, I'm going to let you break this in my life, God. Maybe there's something in our life that God's disciplining us for and, and we've been resistant but our prayer is, God, I'm going to surrender now. I'm not going to keep fighting. I'm not going to wait till you give me a, a more severe discipline. I'm going to respond now to your mercy and grace. Maybe we realize that we've been in the flesh, not depending on God. I got, I got this life. I got it. I'm taking care of things. Maybe we even know we need God, but we're just kind of living not in dependence upon him, not that daily dependence, that daily prayer, that daily time in the word, going to him and asking him to show us what he wants for our life through his word. But this Father's Day, we realize and we re readjust and we recommit ourselves to going to our heavenly Father, depending on him, letting him lead us and guide us and live in his love. Father, I pray that this would be a, a special Father's Day for each of us as we reconnect to you and realize your full love for us. And more than anything, we, we are realize the relationship the close love relationship you want with us and the blessings that you want to give us in the full life that you want to give us that has peace and joy and your power in it we pray all this in Jesus name Amen